Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier digital art platform. We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating beautiful art. Let's jump in. Welcome to our 50th episode of Cornering the Market. This is our Web3 art update that we've not done 50 times. It's got to be over a year, Jared. I haven't actually checked, but we missed a few weeks here and there. So we're going over a year. We wanted to do this live. We've been enjoying live shows. And, uh, you know, Jared, you mentioned Martha. I, I feel like there's something about just interacting with folks in a more dynamic way uh, that is intriguing. So we may continue to do these live. We're going to run through the show and then we'll just have a chance for anybody to come up and chat and uh, ask any questions, talk about what's in the market, whatever. Uh, and, you know, we can stay aiming for an hour, but if there's no questions, we can end it early. No big deal. So without further ado, this is going to be recorded. We'll have it on our podcast and our YouTube. Obviously, it won't be video because we're doing this as a Twitter Spaces but we'll try to point out everything that we're looking at. And of course, as always, we will have links in the show notes and we will have timestamps so you can jump to the parts that you care the most about. Um, quick introduction. I, my handle is up here. I go by Aston. I'm at Aston cloud from collector's corner. Co-host is Jared underscore pause. Jared is the founder of the eight nap digital asset fund and also the eight nap digital, uh, sorry, eight nap art platform. Uh, which is going to be releasing coming up here soon. So that's exciting as well. Uh, and just one other minor update uh, through my other account, Aston, I run a premium service called Collector's Corner Premium. That's paid content, investor focused, private discord, etc. If you're interested, DM me over there. And with that out of the way, let's go into the sentiment, the vibe check. Jared, what are you hearing out there in NFT art land? I'm a little bit biased having come off of Marfa, uh, so I'm probably a little bit bullish more so than it deserves. But I think overall, it's very congruent with what we've talked about previously. I think that people are deploying ETH in a very strategic fashion. I think that it is being done in a very uh, calculated manner. But overall, I think that the what I took away from Marfa is the OG collectors are still here for a reason. The new, we'll call it post-AB summer, it, is these collectors are still here. We're connecting with the art in a meaningful fashion that's not solely tied to floor price and profits. I've heard a couple people talk about how floor price was very seldom discussed at Marfa, and we're looking back on most of my conversations. I don't think I ever talked about floor price. So overall, I think that... Uh, I'm I'm still long-term bullish, short-term optimistic, I will say. Yeah, I would totally echo that sentiment. Uh, I think that the energy from IRL is uh, easy to conflate with what's happening in the market. Actually, I actually asked a few folks who were not there in person to see what their thoughts were on the market. Uh, but we saw some good movement, you know, I mean, I think we're still nearing a floor. We saw a sweep of memories of Chilean. I'm sure you'll talk about that happened yesterday and it, you know, I'm not tracking this, but it feels like the ratio of offers to, uh, market buys, the wrapped ETH buys versus regular ETH has gone down a little bit. It's, it's still probably more wrapped ETH than otherwise. So, you know, it, the Marfa didn't turn around the whole market, but, it does feel like it's brought in some energy. I'm seeing a lot of conversations about it. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like there's not a lot more down to go in the sense that everyone who is going to leave is left. And the other thing is there's just still great art coming out. I mean, I think this is one place where art can survive better than other, uh, you know, elements like PFPs or whatever is there's still really great art out. And, um, there's just a lot of interesting stuff in the space if you believe in it long term. Like I, I see uh, Yamamoto in the crowd here, so uh, you know maybe we'll talk about that later. Uh, not on our agenda, but there's I don't know. Just the vibes are really strong for me, and I think the real utility is still there. So even when the market's a little bit down or boring, uh, I don't I don't see it changing too much here. Um, but let, let's head over to the market. What are you seeing on the Ethereum side, Jared? Yeah, overall, I think that 
again, no crazy sales. There, there's a little bit of, I don't want to call it washing of eternal pumps, but the, the two different collectors traded essentially their eternal pumps, which I thought was really interesting that, you know, people are, are still, to me, it was a good sign because they're collecting around things that they want to hold, not necessarily just, uh, you know, and, and they want to hold things that are aesthetically pleasing to them. So I thought that was really cool. You made reference to it earlier. Bob went on a um, a run on Memories of Chilin yesterday. I thought it was really cool to see those six sales. You know, there's a lot of interest in Harvest. I think you saw that run up based off of the, on the back of the Velocity release. And, you know, I don't want to call it pre-reveal pump, but Winsley Anawa are seeing a lot of action. Uh, you know, I'm curious to see if that sustains a lot of enthusiasm around that. There was a, a ringer sale this week, and then overall, you know, one that stood out to me is there was a really, there's 19 sales on uh, cargo by Kim Asendorf, so a lot of renewed interest there um, coming back to it. So, you know, it's very, it's, it's cool to see the ETH being spread out across not only some of these higher cost projects, but also a lot of this new art getting getting a lot of interest. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, I, I didn't know about the eternal pump, so I'm glad to hear that. And I did see cargo run up. Was was really happy to see that. I, you know, one other thing I'll, I'll mention is in Marfa they had digital displays in the Artblocks house, where essentially their gallery. And this time it was all digital displays. Last time there was a lot of physical pieces. And another project that got some attention is Memories of Digital Data, which is a recent art blocks curated by a Japanese artist, and I can never remember their name. Uh, but that one also, it looked really, really good on the screen there with the motion, and that caught some some bids because of that reason. Uh, but yeah, generally, uh, that, that makes a lot of sense and consistent with what, what I'm seeing as well. And over on the FX hash side, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. So we'll talk about Die with the Most Likes. He uh, is an artist that was really perhaps the, the biggest, you know, quote unquote winner out of the weekend. I say winner in the sense that his profile really uh, got elevated by the exhibition that he did and uh, his art. I mean, it, the art is great, so it's not really anything negative there. Uh, but certainly, uh, the, you know, this is spilling over an FX hash. So he has a, he's got a very interesting sense of uh, humor and style, which I find funny, but is a little bit vulgar. Uh, so he's a project called Glory Holes uh, that boomed to the top of the seven-day volume on FX Hash. It's kind of a, a grifters type project if you're familiar with grifters uh, from Xcopy. But beyond that, we saw actually, uh, you know, Jared mentioned Perkworks Harvest. Perkwork has a few collections over in FX Hash. Those got a pretty decent amount of volume. Uh, not so much from Zankin. Actually, this might be the first week that we've checked, Jared, that Zankin has not been in the top 15 secondary sales on FX Hash. So that, that's an interesting data point. But generally, it, it's nice to see some movement and a couple of new collections that are in here. Uh, you know, overall, though, uh, pretty ho-hum week for FX Hash on secondary. I'd say consistent with the rest of the market. And yeah, I know you mentioned Zankin isn't on there, which is, to your point, is probably the first in the in the first in these fifty episodes that we haven't seen Zankin at least the top fifteen. But I do, I would be remiss if we didn't mention he has a really, really amazing exhibit going on right now uh, for live viewing and purchases. Which the I forget the exact European city location. It's a really, really it's like an old World War Two uh, like bomb shelter that's showcasing it. it's just it's a really cool it seems like this amazing juxtaposition between his art and like the liveliness of it and then just maybe that like very cold feeling of the bomb shelter so i'm gonna chalk it up to all of his collectors are are focused on that instead of uh <laughs> instead of fx ash today that's right that's right it's not the market it's it's a distraction there uh but squiggles how have Squiggles been faring post-Marfa? So, on a, I would say it's having a, a typical week. You're seeing 247 ETH of 7-day volume. The floor leaked down a little bit from 10 last week to 9.69. And uh, a quantity of 23 sales this week 
versus last week's 26. I think that uh, it's interesting how it's like slowly creeping a little bit. But overall, you know, I'm still optimistic about Squiggles. I have even more conviction, um, honestly, with having seen the amount of love that Eric gets from not only the community, but just the faith that everybody has in, in this being a historic long-term project. Some highlights this week, you know, there was a, a beautiful ribbed picked up by curated. I think seed phrase came in with a couple of weeks to, to pick up a few. And then overall, um, you know, like there's some good deals on fuzzies too, like in the, the 12 realm. So I'm still, hyper bullish on this i think that there's some deals to be had if you're prudent with your eth you know just uh i mean we're looking at you know i know you love monochromes but there's a monochrome slinky 4079 that is pretty darn close to the floor um you know only at 11 there's also a slinky you know 8781 it's color spread 17 you get a pretty good uh, view of that, and, you know, that's at 11 ETH also. So to me, very little premium, usually able to find these absolute beauties. So deals to be had still. I love that you mentioned the, the monochrome there because uh, it, it's maybe the one part of Squiggles that I know more about than you. Uh, so I, I appreciate that that shout out. And, you know, you know, one thing I just want to point out with Squiggles, you know, the floor price is steady, right? 9.7-ish. Uh, it's been around 10 for the last few months. But keep in mind, like, I think two or 300 minted, right? So a lot of squiggles, relatively speaking, jumped into the market, but the floor price didn't change at all. So that um, that shows you the demand for them. And, and obviously it's a little different. If Snowfork gives you one for free, you don't want to dump it. But still, I think uh, it, it's something to note that doesn't show up in the data per se. Um, quickly on friendship bracelets. So friendship bracelets had a really low liquidity week, 4.7 ETH in volume versus seven and a half. The last seven day period we checked. Floor price, uh, sorry, it was 51 sales leading to that volume uh, versus 79. And the floor price was pretty stable, 0 0.075 versus 0 0.082. But interestingly, listings keep dropping. There were a few uh, folks who got friendship bracelets. The team has a few reserved uh, out in Marfa. Um, but it didn't really drive attention to it. I mean, the, the listings are 1,088 listed. I mean, this is, it just keeps going down. So that's the uh, the only really positive metric that changed there. Everything else is fairly stable. And I, I think it continues to reflect the low liquidity that's going on in the market. All right, so those are our market updates. Let's go into a couple release recaps. I wanted to start with uh, This Is Not A Rock by Nicole Vela. Hopefully pronounced their name correctly. It was the most recent Art Blocks curated. It came out just yesterday. It uh, was kind of a slow mint. Got down to the resting 0 0.18. And then uh, didn't. it seemed like for a bit it wasn't going to mint out. But then all of a sudden it did mint out. So we were happy to see that. But you know, there's been some conversations about the, the curated tag that we had in Marfa. You know, what, what does it really mean? Is it that meaningful? And some conversations in the Discord about how the mint out price here was just too high for a first time artist in this market. So, uh, you know, those are my main takeaways is for an artist that doesn't already bring uh, a brand with them, you know, their own brand name, uh, the Artbox Creative Tag is, is not able to overcome that right now in this market. It doesn't mean it won't later, uh, but, you know, I, I do think there should be some considerations on the resting price there. Uh, depending on what the artist wants, right? If the artist says, no, like this is the price and I don't care if they don't sell out, fine. But if they want to sell out, I think that's something that should be considered. Any thoughts on this one, Jared? I was not tracking it, honestly. It, it kind of went under my radar with a, a few other things going on. I'm happy for the artist, uh, but at the end of the day, like there's a lot of things that have my attention otherwise. All right, well, another release that had my attention was Beef Broth Goes by Die With The Most Likes. And so this collection was, first of all, we'll talk about Die With The Most Likes, but everything he does is satirical, and I find it kind of hilarious. And this collection released in Marfa through his exhibition. You, you had to be there to mint it. I think maybe some people who weren't there found a way to mint it or get the URL, whatever. They minted for 0 0.0369, I believe. And they boom to 0.88 ETH floor, Pindar Van Arm of them. 
Twitter, he, he created a tweet thread about the top 10 reasons to love these beef Brothkos. And, you know, they're, they're satire, right? It's a play on Mark Brothko, and there are 666 of these unique. You know, they actually look pretty good. And they're very distinct from the style of art that Die With The Most Likes has traditionally put out there. Still satirical, but just the visuals are different here. And, man, I'm, I'm sad I missed this. Not, obviously, because it went 20x. Uh, but also, I just they look really good, and I believe I haven't looked too deeply in it, but I believe they're some somewhat AI generated. How about these, Jared? Have you been following these, and or do you have any thoughts? I've been following them. I'm a little bit sad that when I pulled up the uh, the link to mint it, you know, it was, it was towards the end of the night when we're focused on you know the the early departure, and I figured we'd just mint it the next day because there's like 666 total collection. There's like 380. Uh, left to mint, and I figured we had time. And my one of my biggest regrets in Marfa was not uh, minting this out or being proactive. But I, you know, I, I saw one. I think it was the all-time high that had almost like a, you know, an emergent trait of a squiggle, whether it was intentional or not. It looked like it was intentional because they had the, um, you know, he was doing a lot of beef satire on like uh, the God Mode Fidenza a squiggle, and it almost looked like that ground beef squiggle showed up in one of the pieces so i think overall it was a brilliant display of it again i, I still struggle with the aesthetic a little bit but uh you know th- i think there if you're going to look at a clear winner from marfa not only this project but die with the most likes you know just just made such an impact and got such great exposure a huge win yeah yeah and, and and deservedly so right i mean i think this goes back to there is more great art than is attention that we have. And, you know, there's unfortunately a lot of deserving artists who probably won't get the attention that they deserve. Uh, but we are glad to see that Dive of the Most Likes has. I'm kind of obsessed with him right now. And uh, by the way, I looked at this one that you mentioned, uh, Jared, the Beef Brothco, the, the all-time high. It, this is totally a squiggle. I just, like, I can't imagine this is an accident. <laughs> what, I, I agree with you. Like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. But it just, it, I think, you know, especially if it is intentional, it goes back to, you know, just the, the brilliance of of it. And then especially being a, a generative type piece, the the nod to uh, obviously Marfa and minting in the backyard of, of the legend that is Snowfro. Like, again, it's, it's that little attention to detail that I believe artists should take more notes on because... Those sort of things, I think they make a difference. I mean, just look at it right now. We're talking about it. I mean, it's the craziest thing, and it's also the most brilliant. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, and, and we've you know, got a community member, Scrappy T, who's listening. He's changed it to his PFP. So uh, there's something there. Though I will say it, you know, it shot up 20x in not even a week. It's probably going to come down a bit. People are going to take profits, 17% listed. Uh, you know, we like to see 10% listed or lower. So if you want one, I wouldn't necessarily say, hey, jump in right now. Are they going to take off? In theory, they might, but I wouldn't expect it uh, given the market conditions. And so, yeah, that's the second release recap. Let's do some gen art news. Uh, Marfa was amazing. Uh, we won't go through everything we think about it, uh, but maybe you could mention some highlights, Jared. And I have pinned a Twitter spaces to our uh up here to this spaces pinned a post and that post has our twitter spaces where we recap it also we'll be releasing that on the podcast uh, but jared what were your highlights what were your favorite parts two things that stood out to me is there's this, this, a statistic of roughly two-thirds of the people there were there for the first time at first i thought it was gonna be a lot of new collectors and it ended up being a really great mix of what i would say ogs that you know tipped into showing up you know i think some of it is the hype. Some of it is just extenuating circumstances. I won't blow up everybody's story, but I thought it was really, really awesome to see. And then, so the final point is community. So not only did the the old OGs and the new attendees or new collectors, there's just this beautiful, I'll call it, uh, connection between everybody. And, and it's you're able to come in without like any sort of bag bias and just really connect with people um and i thought the the real winner in addition to die with the most likes here was art blocks glitch and the overall communities that are starting to to be 
facilitated around each of these two organizations who just are so selfless and continually deliver uh, for that community level of engagement and bringing value on a number of different fronts. It was, I, I think that, you know, this is something that continues to grow because the more and more that these selfless actions are highlighted, the more and more people are going to want to partake in something that is beautiful, especially when you have all this negativity and the BitBoy cryptos and all that shit in your Twitter timeline. You know, this, this is a beacon of light, in my opinion. It, it is. And it's really, you know, we, we talk about community a lot. And I think, well, first of all, let me, let me back up and say, the highlight for me, one of the biggest ones was the Collector's Corner Meetup. We had more people there than we did in NFT NYC. I think that's a testament to the community and just a big thank you to all of you for supporting us and listening to us uh, and, you know, all, all of it. So we love that. And I think Marfa is kind of a microcosm of Web3 or sort of the promise of Web3. Like, I think what we saw there is a bunch of people who met from all over the world on the internet for a common interest in this like emerging art world to find the truth and to open up art to, you know, bring down barriers for art. And once you get to Marfa, that place is for that. And nobody cares where you're from or how much money you had or who your parents were. Like none of that matters. We're here for a mission and we kind of know that. And I think that makes it really just, there's something special about it. Like people talk about web three, it's the internet of communities. What does that mean? Like, this is what it means. You can organize and drive towards a mission with people that you know nothing about and that you've never met. I think that's powerful. And I think Marka, Marfa is a, is a prototype of that. That's just growing. Uh, and hopefully it can continue to grow and, and maintain that as it gets larger, which I think is inevitable based on you know, everyone who goes there wants to go back and tells people about it. Can't stop talking about it. So um, thank you again for everybody who supported us and who made it out there. And, uh, you know, we can't wait for next year. I think it's, it's going to be amazing. Hopefully we can still do it in Martha next year. I think so. I think so. Um, go ahead, Jared. No, I was just saying, and it's a testament. You talk about community, you know, for the community on here, we're battling against uh, Elon Musk's spaces right now. So a testament to every, the commitment to generate and the collector's corner community. So thank you. That's right. That's right. Forget about Elon Musk. You guys made the right choice. <laughs> um, the next piece of art news, another uh, IRL uh, collaboration, I guess. So, I mean, if you haven't been into an IRL event, you, you have to do it uh, because of what I just explained. It's so fantastic to meet folks that you've been connecting with online. But uh, Station 3, which is a co-working space that is giving out grants to Web3 companies and artists to use that space, has partnered with Sotheby's. They're holding monthly generative art meetups. And, uh, you know, I don't know all the details, but they have great programming. Haven't been able to make it out to one, unfortunately. They are in the heart of the financial district in Manhattan. So if you are ever in New York, especially around the time of one of those events, check it out. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not sure if you need to be a pass holder to get in. I have a sense that you don't. You just kind of need to sign up. That's sort of the, the nature of Station 3. So we'll have to double check on that, but really great to see them get the sponsorship with Sotheby's and continue to drive uh, attention and, uh, you know, content and help people learn about generative art. So uh, kudos to them for getting that done. Let's hop over to some great art at great prices. I'll kick off the first one. Uh, we mentioned Perkwork, who recently released on Red Bull Racing have seen some of his collections moving. Scrabbert is probably his favorite collection of mine on FX Hash. It's sitting at 115 Tezos floor. So uh, check that out. See if you like it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's really fantastic art there. Now, I'll just hop on to the next one because this was mine too. I mentioned earlier also Memories of Digital Data by Kazuhiro Tanimoto. Okay, now I have the, his name in front of me, so I'll get it right. Um, this is a really nice collection. It has motion. I think it's gone. It also, it's audio too, although that wasn't on in the Artblocks house. I think it's gone a little bit under the radar because like a lot of art with motion, not only do you rarely see the motion on thumbnails, you also don't see it in the size it's been intended to be viewed, you know, a large screen. But a lot of people saw that in Artblocks and uh, they really appreciated it and, and jumped in on it. But 
the benefit of the bear market is it's still under $500 floor. It's about a 0.3 ETH floor. So it still hits our great art, great prices. Yeah, if you want to talk about great art at great prices, I, I added one here last minute. There's an artist that I met at Marfa called LittleMikey.Tez. And they have a project currently minting out. Uh, there's 100. It's 5.41 Tez. So, I mean, for reference, that's just a, that, that's less than a Starbucks latte. So, full disclosure, I, I minted a few, but really, really uh, inspiring artists. They the the project is called EVJ.E.5.4.1. And what was really encouraging to me is the amount of like uh, vulnerability, but also the the emotional connection to this is, you know, he he did it for his daughters, and this is kind of an ode to, you know, his family. And I just you know again, for for the equivalent of a couple USD, I just thought that you know an amazing artist with an amazing, you know, heart and, and an amazing story. Why not? Uh, be able to showcase this especially for just a, a few bucks so such a great great individual great artist and, and those are the kind of connections that coming out of marfa that you don't always get to, to highlight or they don't carry as much weight as a die with the most likes but still amazing individuals all over the place so i'd be remiss if i didn't at least say for a couple bucks everybody should go out and at least take a look at it yeah totally and I think that he also has a collection I've been seeing it on Twitter. I haven't had a chance to look where it's like a snowfall for president collection. I want to say it was on prohibition. I don't know if you saw that. No, I didn't. That's, that's dope. Um, that's the case. We'll, we'll have to follow up with that one and check on that. Uh, next up, some exciting upcoming drops. The first one that I wanted to highlight was Apophanies by Corey Haber. And after I talk about it, I'm going to see if I can uh, pin the tweet here, but What's really cool, so this is October 12th with Bright Moments. Don't have uh, all the details yet, how many pieces. I imagine it's going to be around 100. But they've been showing these videos on Twitter where he has rigged up a plotter to do oil painting. And I don't know all of who's involved. You know, is this uh, also the um, Bright Moments team that got involved in this. But it's, it's super cool um, because plotters typically are pen ink or ink plotters. And now it's uh, it's a different way of doing code painting if you're fam familiar with the William Upon term. But yeah, Jared, have you seen this? I have. They're really dope. But you you get this um, this like texture from from the the pieces. Now it's like pen, a plotted pen. You, it, it looks like a straight line, but with the 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 medium that they're using, these larger format. Uh, colors, it just the the way it comes onto the canvas is actually really, really intriguing to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm gonna try to find it here in a second. Um, but going on to the next exciting upcoming drop, "Simple Thoughts" by Quampa. This is coming out on Verse on October 12th. Uh, there's I believe 12, 10 or 12 pieces that are each individual auctions. And you know, it's it's just I really like the art. I don't know anything about the artist. Uh, but I wanted to highlight that because it just seemed like great art. And, you know, every once in a while, it's nice to just look at that and, and not think about anything else. Okay, so let's highlight a couple artists. And uh, then after that, we'll wrap up the show and open it up to chat. Uh, the first artist I wanted to highlight, felt like we have to, is Die With The Most Likes. Uh, check out his works. Uh, he has actually a lot of work. He was really early into the NFT art scene, even has some on uh, object from the old uh, Hick at Nun days. There's a couple of collections on FX Hash and then Super Rare one of ones, et cetera. But really, I feel, um, look, I'm, I'm very hyped on him right now. So I need, take everything I say with a grain of salt, but it's just something, I, I hadn't been exposed to him before, Marfa. And there's something about his art and his style that resonates with me um, and his humor. You know, it's kind of like middle school humor, which I still think is funny. Uh, you know, like fart humor and stuff like that. Uh, but you know, I'll digress. There's just, it seems like he's connecting with the community and his satire. You know, there's a social commentary, right? Die with the most likes on the things that people seem to care about and are obsessed with. And I think that's very interesting. Um, and, and I don't know, I, I could see him in that way becoming an ex copy like figure, you know, in this, the satire and the social commentary. You know, I'm not saying he's going to become ex copy. Don't hold me to that. Uh, but 
really has intrigued the crowd so far. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just kind of seems to be on the rise. So he's one to definitely watch and see if you resonate with his style and his art. Yeah, it's clear winner. Um, and I think to me, there's also, it's, it's always easy to highlight, you know, the, the success out of Marfa, but I mean, by your reference to the, all of the, the Tezos, the hick at now, like that, that, I mean, he's been doing it for a while, find refining his art. So if there are any artists out there, just a, a reminder that consistently putting out dope art, networking into the right corners, you know, it pays off in the long run. Uh, it just it takes time sometimes, right? Not everybody's an overnight success. It, it's the same with X and and a few others. So, yeah, I mean, X copies releasing stuff on Tumblr for like years, exactly in, in, in obscurity. And I mean, it's one of those things where until you've made it, it feels like it's really, really hard. And then it's like, you flip a switch and you've made it. So, you know, just, just keep going. Yeah. The, the last artist to highlight for me is O X Phil P H I I I L with three eyes. The reason why is it, one of the more amazing activations that I participated in at Marfa was O X Phil's, you know, he has a 3d, generative sculpture that was rendering in augmented reality called Storme, S-T-R-M-A-E. And it was just incredible because to me, it opened my eyes up. A, it's very beautiful. Like his ability to capture texture and color, like even integrated the, the chromy squiggle algorithm into part of his palettes. So you could just see like the color transitions into not all of them, but like into some of them. And to be able to connect with the artist, and it opened my eyes up. Part of what's not being talked about enough, in my opinion, about Marfa is it the foresight that I think not only Derek and Art Blocks have, but the artists that are surrounded by these two platforms. There's a lot of talk about generative fashion and what that means, um, but also like this to me, like I could, they're beautiful structure sculpture from OX Phil, and I could easily see a future metaverse where, you know, these pieces sit in somebody's digital courtyard or in a Zen garden. I mean, the, the ability to have access to this sort of thing. Uh, and I mean, on the piggyback of Meta's announcement for, for their glasses and some other things, it feels oddly intuitive that we could be going down this path where, um, the, the sculpture not just resides in a digital frame, but, you know, we'll actually be able to, you could engage with it. This is what the trippiest thing is, is like, I'm sure I looked like a dope with my, my VR goggles on, but you could engage with the, the sculpture. You could run around, see the different angles, look up at it. And it was just, it was so beautifully represented uh, and rendered. It, it was, it was really inspiring. It was something that I think flew under the radar a lot of people, but it was beautiful in its own right. So was it uh, VR or AR, Jared? I actually missed it. Uh, great question. I'm not an expert in it. You had to put on some goggles, so I would say. So, sorry, use the, could you the wrong could arm. you still see like real life, or was it a completely virtual world? You know, now you're in like. You could whatever. still see real life, so it rendered okay. all of the, like the so you didn't run into people while going around the structure, and so you didn't have any sort of uh, anything like that. But yeah, you could see all of the the surrounding. It literally. And, you know, pinned on his um, his Twitter is actually an example of it. So, like, when you had your goggles on, you could see the the sculpture amidst the, the real world. Got it, got it. Okay, yeah. So, so that's augmented reality. Uh, the, Beautiful. The, I learned the, something. Pokemon Go, if you will. That's maybe the one that people are most familiar with. And I'm glad you brought that up because it did seem like that was a trend. I actually chatted with a guy from Flamingo Dow who... Um, is working on a company based on augmented reality. And then also there was a generative fashion exhibition. There's a company called Drop, D-R-A-U-P, and uh, they are doing digital fashion. So they don't actually want to physically create any of these, but a lot of what they are leaning into is augmented reality. So it's kind of like you can, uh, you know, it, it would be interesting, right? Like you put on your AR goggles and you can see what NFTs somebody owns in, in real life. And, uh, you know, we talk a lot about, well, if NFTs are a status or a flex, where is anyone going to see them, right? They're just like PFPs right now on our, our Discord and Twitter. But 
augmented reality could be a way to bridge and show that you own certain assets while still being in the real world. It seems to be where, at least in the short term, things are headed. We'll see how it plays out long term. But oh, no, that's awesome. And thanks for bringing that up. And, and, and that is our content that we had put together. But we want to open it up to the crowd if anybody wants to chat about literally anything. And, uh, you know, if y'all are busy at work, no big deal. Stuff that Jared and I can always chat about. But we'll open it up. Yeah, while we're waiting somebody, for anybody to come up, I will say a selfless plug here. Uh, Aston red-pilled me on FriendTech. I'm experimenting with something. So if uh, I will be raffling off a signed Snowfro glitch poster, one of 150, to one of my FriendTech followers. So... If you're interested in that, uh, the raffle will go up on Saturday. Not trying to shill my stuff, but it is something that, again, just uh, trying to do a lot of experiments with the community, see what vibes uh, for content there. So if you're interested, feel free to to pick up one of those keys. Yeah, absolutely. It's an awesome poster. So check out Jared's friend tech. I did pill him into it. I think it's really interesting what's happening in friend tech. I'm not convinced that this is the final stage of it in the sense that there are issues that I think could make it difficult to scale beyond people who are highly incentivized by, <laughs> by uh, an airdrop uh, or, you know, just speculation, but they have unlocked something that I think could be built upon. So that's really interesting to see. And, uh, you know, people were talking about it out there. Uh, we, we didn't mention this in our recap show, but I think that was uh, certainly a, a topic of conversation. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Jared, I, you know, I got other stuff to talk about. So, as folks, please jump up at any point in time. Um, but I do want to talk to you, Jared, about you know, what, what do you think was the most interesting, like, topic that you, that you heard there? In Marfa? Yeah, and I'm not saying this because they're in the crowd, but I think the it was Yamamoto. In all honesty, um, God, I, was, I was hoping you'd go there. <laughs> it, I, it's like it was there. There was a lot of people talking about the squiggle and the the metadata and everything. I I do think that um, I, I still have a, a tweet that I haven't put out. I'm I'm constantly fine tuning and, and crafting it, so I don't want to give away uh, everything. But I think that something, myself included, having been, and quite honestly, it was a little bit of a shock because I, I put my, you know, part of my reputation in the Web3 space has been about like my expertise in the, the Squiggle algorithm um, and being able to, you know, help and advise people around that. Um, you know, so so something for that for the last eighteen to twenty four months have been basically, as far as I'm concerned, gospel was shaken up a little bit, um, and I'm having to like reorient a lot of thought. I vacillate between a lot of stuff, but listening to uh, a lot of collectors, both new and old, um, it, it, to me, Ed Marfa gave me a lot more insight, and I think that. For me, there's this paradigm, and, and I guess the punchline is ultimately, for me and my perspective, is the work that was done was, in my opinion, further exploration of the algorithm. And for me, you know, I thought I knew the algorithm to a certain extent, and it it shook me up a little bit, but there's this realm in which you know, the algorithm is is still being explored and that, you know, I'm, I'm probably have quoted somewhere of saying like the, the treasure hunt that I've, that I found in the, the Skogo algorithm is, is now uh, further expanded with all the, the different mathematical perspectives. And so as much as my, you know, ego has taken a little bit of shock and the paradigms shifted or just shaken up a little bit, I have... Uh, I, I do respect the fact that the algorithm continues to show all of these little gems uh, and corners that could be further explored. Yeah, yeah, guys, don't don't go to Jared for Google advice anymore. It, it's over, Jared. I'm sorry. 
Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, obviously. Um, I have been bottling this up for like two weeks. I have been wanting to talk about this, but we didn't have an episode last week. And uh, now here we are. And, uh, you know, I thought about like, okay, I need to like put out some tweet thread or whatever. But hey, this is a, this is a good place to start. Um, first of all, I want to say I feel bad for anyone who may have lost value due to this. I think we have to acknowledge that it's, it's tough. People put a lot of money in these things and people sometimes lose a lot of money on these things. And this just happens. Like, I don't necessarily think this is anyone's fault, but I want to acknowledge that, that I, that there is probably some suffering that's going to come from this. Uh, and, you know, hopefully not too much, but we'll start there. Uh, secondly, the number of squiggles that are truly affected by this is something on the order of a hundred, right? There was some, you know, roughly 65 that were previously categorized one way that may now be recategorized another way. Um, I say may because jury's still out on what happens, but you know, it's a relatively limited amount of people who are impacted by this uh, financially, if that is what ends up happening. So that's, that's another positive, right? So I think most people, given that context, since they're not impacted by it, are just kind of intrigued by this and kind of interested by what's going on. And with all those caveats out of the way, I think this is like so cool. I mean, not the fact that people lost money, but the fact that you can go and we can have really uh, somebody go and discover something about this art. Like to me, this adds to the lore of the squiggles. Although this, like this brings attention back to the squiggle and it's just such a cool thing. It's kind of like citizen journalism. The code's all on chain. We can go and figure it out. And you know, somebody went and, you know, Yamamoto, who was here, he went, and he, sorry, he, I don't know if he's a he, they went and they figured it out. And I just think it's amazing, right? It, it's kind of like, um, not that this is a battle, but it's like David and Goliath. Like you don't have to be Goliath to have an impact type of a deal. Um, again, I hope that there's no significant value lost due to this, because obviously that sucks for people involved. But I think as an ecosystem and, and truly as a collection, this helps squiggles. This adds to the lore. This adds to the story, right? This, and, and you know, ultimately uh, I have a, a few other thoughts about this. I think some people just don't like the fact that the order is being shaken up and they're reacting to that. I think some people obviously have incentives to feel one way or another uh, and they are reacting to that. Um, but overall, I think this is a massive win for decentralization and generative art because ultimately, you know, like, let's just give you an example. Can you imagine if Leonardo da Vinci was still around, you know, and he's like, actually, Mona Lisa, like, you know, she, she wasn't supposed to, she's not smiling. You know, there's some uncertainty. She's smiling, kind of smiling, not really. He's like, no, nah, she wasn't smiling. Like, uh, the, she, she had a twitch on her lip or whatever. And uh, okay, this is not a good example, but my point is like, the, the value of the art comes from what the collective believes, right? And to some extent, the artist, at some point, the artist won't be there. And the stories and the lore and the way we collect and coalesce around the art is going to be truly a consensus based on what everyone thinks. And on top of that, that's literally what happened in this case, right? Like Von Mises found this formula and said, oh, I think we should have a... You know, I think it's really cool that some squiggles have one hue, one color show up exactly once. And we all agreed on that. We all agreed that that was cool, right? Like no one's disagreeing on a perfect spectrum anymore. That's not the point. The question is, was what we saw visually lining up with the metadata? So, and you know, I need to do a little, like dig into this a little bit more, but my takeaway from this was, you know, this is more about what my eyes says I see, excuse me, what I see with my eyes and less about what's actually happening in the quote unquote math. I, I don't even know where these math pigs come from. Like it was never about math. It was about, does this thing look like it shows every color once? Yes or no, right? <laughs> like, is, so I, I, I don't know. And, and I get that like, it makes people uncomfortable to be like, well, like, who's, who's this random person who came and changed things up? But hey, there's, there was a mistake. It seems like there was a mistake. Like, I haven't done the math, but my, by my eye, it seems like, there was a mistake in translating the code that has not changed, the visuals that have not changed, literally in translating them into the, the thing that we use to make decisions. And one of the reasons why I love this, and sorry, I'm going to stop ranting here a second, but 
you know, Jared and I, we would dive deep into collections, anti-cyclones, memories of Chilin, whatever. And we noticed that there are distinctions in these collections that are not in the metadata, right? So if I want to collect a certain background color of a certain palette, anti excuse me, memories of Chilin, which by the way, the different palettes are different background colors, not in the metadata, um, it's really difficult for me to do that if I'm reliant on OpenSea. And what I'm really hopeful for is that this is a first step in which we stop relying on OpenSea metadata to make these kind of decisions or don't rely on it as heavily. And we can really curate traits around the community, right? Like another example, friendship bracelets, when those were really getting a lot of attention, a bunch of them had triangles with a circle inside of them and people called them Illuminati's, right? That's not a trait in the metadata. It's just a random occurrence there. And they, you know, they, they started selling for more. Like I, I see that as the exact same thing that's happened here. Uh, and so I don't, I'm excited for it for Web3. Again, I feel for the people who spent a lot of money on something that maybe now is not worth that much. Uh, and and it was, I just don't know if there's anything we can do about that. But I think in the search for truth and the search for, you know, something, things that the community can rally around, I think this is a, a really big net positive. So clearly I had a lot bottled up about that. So yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> do, do you feel better? I feel like this is a therapy session all of a sudden. Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, to segue off a couple different things that you said is, you know, trust your eye. Um, it, it's always something that we, we've did. You know, I was fortunate enough to buy a fuzzy that I just bought because I think it thought it had a, a strong correlation to a full cycle and end up being true, which is so, you know, I'm in that crowd. But, you know, I, I think that for me, you know, I always look like 10, 15, 20, 50 years out. And if we are to, you know, have a, this core belief that these should be hanging in the MoMA, I do think that this was part of the discovery um, that was necessary in order to have some truth to to be there. And I don't, the, the word I'm trying to always like lean into on this one is the word and, not or. Like right now, I feel like it's a very bifurcated type of situation where it's either this approach or that approach. And I think that, as you alluded to, Astum, it could be an and, meaning this is part of the squiggle journey. This is part of the squiggle lore. It's part of the brilliance of the algorithm. Um, and I'm curious to see what the future holds and, and what spins up uh, around it. So full disclosure, I'm still shooken up. I'm still trying to actively balance uh, where I stand on it. So, you know, this is kind of just a, a flag in the ground of a, a particular point in time and, and some thoughts around it. But not to go too far off into it, but pertaining to Marfa, that was one of those big things that for me, it was consistently coming up. But, you know, and, you know, I see... Amanda out here. I, I thought that, you know, the, the proof team did a, a really good job of covering this. You know, you, they have such a, a big platform with a, a wide reach that, uh, you know, instead of just burying some of this under the rug or ignoring it, like, you know, the, it came up on a hundred proof when Eli brought it up, you know, Sam NFT stats addressed it a few times. So I, I think that it's it's a really interesting thing, and, and it's it's spurred a lot of emotional um, connectivity, whether positive, negative, or neutral, in that journey. And I think that that's something that I'm trying to lean into a little bit more of, like, why does it have an emotional resonance with people? Why do, why does it matter? And for that, it's something that I'm, you know, extremely curious about. Yeah, I mean, it's just so interesting. And uh, think, yeah. Yamamoto, come on up. Let's let's see that uh, AI voice. Come on, baby. Come on up. I yeah, guess I'll you, be the first one to try to call him out. We'll see if it works. You you, you can call him up. But I don't know if he's ready, but you know, wh whenever he's ready, uh, welcome. Always welcome. But um, you, you know, I, the last thing I'll say in this is, you know, what's the saying? Like any any press is good press. Like I think this helps squiggles. I don't really think. It hurts them. I think, again, there's a select few folks who will unfortunately be uh, financially affected by this. But overall, I just, yeah, I, I mean, I think it resonates because it's I, it's like that David and Goliath thing. It's so exciting to see that anybody anywhere could come and find something and contribute. 
like to me that that's the intrigue and that's kind of the you know what what's the stuff that Balaji is always talking about like a 1776 like that that's the whole idea right is that with decentralization we as a collective benefit because anybody can participate and it could be any person random corner of the world who finds something that helps everybody like benefits all of us and that person should be uh, elevated it's uh yeah i i think it's i think it's a great story and and look really any, um, anybody who hasn't gone on the website squiggledata.com the amount of thought that went into this is insane uh, it, it's pretty incredible um and, and i think that you can say whatever you want to but there's an amazing resource that this individual is given to the public for uh, public consumption and i think that that to some degree is a testament to um the love for the squiggles and and i, I really do hope that that data can be repurposed and it becomes a, a treasure map for for others in the space it's that treasure hunt is what red pilled me into the squiggle algorithm so you know it is pretty amazing yeah it, to me it's very similar to the uh the gamestop thing that happened last year right you got a bunch of random traders on reddit who found something and were able to basically beat the hedge fund. And this is not as antagonistic, right? This is not like us versus them. So it's a different scenario, but that idea that a bunch of anonymous folks on the internet or one anonymous person on the internet can, can go and have an impact that actually is, is much bigger than you would imagine. I think that's the promise of it all. Can we talk two rips, man? Probably the kindest uh, soul in, in Marfa and probably the best shoe game uh, out there i just have Dude. to say how about Dude. that for a hard pivot but two rips has been am amazing honestly from uh like it's it's you know people involved with the the art blocks ecosystem that's even we talk about the community but the the core team that art blocks has curated no pun intended is is absolutely next level um two rips is out in the crowd if you haven't followed them please follow them uh, just an absolute warm, inviting, and such a friendly individual. It, it's it's the community and also um, the staff, the collector. I mean, everything Airblocks is doing is amazing, but Two Rips specifically, dude, you're killing it, man. Great job. Yeah, no, Two Rips is amazing, and I, I got a chance to, to really connect there. So uh, really, really wonderful. I mean, you feel like you make, uh, it's too early to say, but like very long-term friends. When you go out there, it was awesome to see Amanda out there again. Danger Noodle in the crowd here. Wim, boy, Wim. Um, maybe maybe Yamamoto. I don't know if he was there. Nobody knows. I'm just, just kidding, Yamamoto. <laughs> there, there was a lot of speculation about somebody saying, like, dude, he's probably, or we're assuming it's a he, 90% chance it's a he, that, that they, are, they are out there. Uh, I'd be curious to see if, uh, if the truth will ever come out, if they were lurking in the crowd and just listening. Or stoking for, some. Oh, look at that thumbs up. For sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, but going back to what you're saying, uh, culture, right? Uh, this this is a really something that permeates in Marfa, uh, and the the culture is usually sort of um, mirrored by whoever is the leader. In this case, Snowfro, and he's created really a, a fantastic culture out there. And we talk about culture. What does that mean? In my mind, culture is like, what are the default actions you take, right? What if, if somebody, you know, needs something, do you help them? Or you're like, ah, oh, they're kind of on their own. Like the, the wordless sort of, we mirror each other's behavior. Like, like that's what culture is. And the culture out there in Marfa um, and really in the gender art space, uh, you could argue it came a lot from Snowfro and it goes down to the art blocks team, like, like two rips and you feel it when you're there. Uh, there's like this uh, kind of cheesy commercial I remember once, like this insurance commercial where it was like somebody saw somebody like helping an old person across the street and that inspired them to like do something good, which then inspired somebody else to like help someone else out. Um, and I, I, you, you feel that in the art block side and really the Web3 art side. And I don't know. I mean, I don't spend a lot of time in other spaces. Uh, but I feel like when we are talking Web3 art, it's like positive. It's about progress. It's about, you know, what are we doing? How are we like onboarding more people? 
and when I've talked to some folks who are more in the PFP side or the, uh, you know, DeFi side, they've been like, oh man, the market's so bad. It's also negative. It doesn't feel negative at all over here. It hasn't this whole time. I mean, obviously we wish there was a little more attention and liquidity, but I don't know. Like, wait, wait. I don't know if that resonates with you all, Jared, but it just feels different. It does feel different. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I think that, you know, for somebody who's launching something in the bear, like setting the foundations or in, in the case of art blocks, like reaffirming a foundation during the bear, I think just gives it more, uh, you're, you're going to have more evangelists in a bowl. And, and because of that, I think one of the concepts that, you know, I was looking at honestly was this concept of right now we look back at OGs and be like, Oh, I wish I could have minted more for, or a Fidenza or some people are like, I wish I would have minted more, you know, hindsight being 2020. I think that in 10 years, a lot of people will look back on, you know, where we're at and say, I wish I could have been at one of the first Marfa events or what was it like when you're, you know, held X amount of whatever project. I, I think that, this this experience in particular gave me reason to to pause and really reflect on where we're not only where we're at and where we've been, but in my opinion, more importantly, where we're going. And I, I think that uh, you know I, I told the story I think on our Marfa recap, so I'll say it again here. But you know I wore a squiggle hat or a hat with like a hyper squiggle on it and. You know, I sat in the Las Vegas airport for a little bit, transitioning, you know, my layover, all my planes. I had to have encountered hundreds, if not thousands of people in my commute. And not one person said, cool squiggle hat. Not that I need the the affirmation, but even more importantly, in my opinion, not one person said, what is that on your hat, right? And, and that served as almost a, a baseline testament to where I believe we are headed because it's a reminder that we're still early. And I think that that's one of my biggest takeaways from Marfa that I'm trying to contextualize is, you know, I, you know, I'm very grateful. You know, we did a little bit of a reflection piece on, on the drive back, you know, from Marfa to El Paso. And I'm just really grateful to be here. I'm really grateful to be building alongside you and other great creators in the space and, I don't know. It just it, it it's a reminder that I, I really think that generative art will be from <laughs> my livelihood and bags are stacked this way. But I really do think that generative art will be a formidable force in the future. I think it's going to. I mean, you're seeing it with what I believe is going to be the generative fashion movement and some other things that are indicative of it. It's going to be a formidable force and a, a foundation for a lot of the digital space. And I think that we're we're very blessed to be able to have the opportunity to collect in a time like this. A hundred percent. And I think that it's, you know, really being there in Marfa, we, I felt it from the standpoint of people who were not into generative art, were checking it out. And, you know, they may not even be into generative art after the Marfa weekend, but they are certainly really, uh, they're coming away from it saying, this is a community. Like, this is a real community. We love this community, even if they don't even like art yet. And I think that is one way that we'll onboard a lot of folks who are in the NFT space, Web3 native. And then on the other side of the coin, the traditional art world is inherently experimental. I know it doesn't sound like it, and, and any incumbent system is always not super experimental, but relatively speaking, I, mean, I come from healthcare, like, good luck getting anybody to try something new in healthcare. But at least in the traditional art world, they, you know, this is part of art. It's experimenting, pushing the boundaries, trying new things out, seeing what's out there. So I feel really positive about it. It's probably going to take longer than we think, but it just seems like it's slow and steady and inevitable that this movement continues to grow. Yeah, and not to be rude, but I, I do have to, to jump to another meeting. But All good. We're this up was, right now this is awesome that we could just riff. Again, I will remind everybody, we're always open to feedback. The The culture is important. 
the community is important to us at Collector's Corner. If you're inclined at all, where our DMs are open for all the right reasons, we want to help you in your journey to the best of our ability. So please, please, please reach out, engage. We're here to support in any way possible. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you being here live and those who tuned in. Thanks for listening in. We'll be back next week. Until then, reach out if you need anything. I hope you have a great week, rest of your week and weekend. Thank you for tuning into Collector's Corner. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you like this episode and want to help us out, please subscribe and leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on YouTube. Please also follow us on Twitter for announcements as we expand to other social and content platforms. Our Twitter handle is at collectors underscore XYZ. We'd also love to hear any feedback you have. So please comment or reach out. We're always striving to be more useful and get better so we can help you in your collecting journey. The Collector's Corner team and their guests are not registered investment advisors. All views expressed on this podcast are personal opinions and are not specific inducements to make particular investments or investment strategies and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. This show is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, please consult a professional.